The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Uh, So uh, as we are going live, uh, um, obviously I can't see as I'm doing it now how many people are actually listening to this live. I'm assuming that most of you all will listen to this later because today is inauguration day in the united states for those who are in the united states and some around the world that loves to watch that in the pomp and circumstance i hope you enjoyed it uh and today we're going to work on the chapter use goals to help you grow from the book the magic of thinking big i've been teaching this book i'm almost done now one more chapter believe it or not hopefully this series has helped you get ahead in your life Think differently, create a new paradigm, help you focus on what you really want to produce in your life. Hopefully it's giving you some skills and some techniques. Hopefully you bought the book and you're reading it on your own so you can drill down and get what you need so you can live a better life because that's what it's really all about. So today, as we talk about use goals to help you grow, recognize that your dream is not for the now you, it's for the potential you. You get the vision, you get the dream, you get the inspiration, and it pulls you, as uh, Michael Beckwith often says, pain pushes until vision pulls. So are you being pushed or are you being pulled? Now, here's the thing. Both of them will move you. Both of them will move you, and both will require work. It's just the intention behind them. So allow your goals, allow your vision, allow your purpose to pull you into greater action. All right. So let's get to it. Page 252, first page of chapter 12, use goals to help you grow. It goes, he says on the page, I I love this. Every bit of human progress, our inventions, big and little, our medical discoveries, our engineering triumphs, our business successes, were first visualized before they became realities. So in other words, before you see anything, 
it was an idea, it was a thought, it was a concept in somebody's mind. Don't miss that part. It was already there in somebody's mind. All right. So what is a goal? He states on the, in the book, a goal is an objective, a purpose. A goal is more than a dream. It's a dream being acted upon. Oh, I love that. A goal is more than a dream. It's a dream being acted upon. You know, Napoleon Hill once wrote, a goal is a dream with a deadline. Because goals are supposed to be objective. In other words, if you have a goal, it should be clear what that goal is. It should not be subjective. Subjective goals are are like, oh, I just want to be happy. What does happiness mean to you? Oh, I just want to lose weight or gain weight or gain muscle. Okay, well, how much weight do you want to lose? How much weight do you want to gain? How much muscle, you know, do you want to put on? Oh, I just want to make more money. Well, how much is more money? When do you want to have more money? Well, I just want to go on vacation. Well, where do you want to go? When do you want to go? How much money do you want to spend? You know, like, get real clear. See, many times people have goals and no plan. You know, a goal without a plan is not a goal. It's a wish. It's just something you want. But you haven't structured your life around it in a way that makes sense. So the author goes on to say, a goal is more than a hazy, I wish I could. A goal is clear. A goal is clear. As Reverend Ike used to say, you must be definite with the infinite. So he goes on to say, nothing happens, no four steps are taken until a goal is established. Without goals, individuals just wander through life. I love this. Without goals, individuals just wander through life. In other words, if you don't have something that you're aiming to achieve, then you're existing. There's nothing wrong with existing. It's no judgment, but just know the difference. We are goal-driven people, so when we live a life without goals, sometimes that can be a problem. For instance, have you ever heard the stories of people who retired and because they had no life outside of retirement sometimes they check out or in other words make their transition early because they you know their minds don't have anything to do so they don't have a reason to get up they don't have a reason to go and do something and after a while you know you know i would never forget hearing this uh speaker last year before the pandemic really hit and you know we were really aware of what was going on and uh Actually, it wasn't then. It was in 2019. It was late 2019. And the speaker uh, had a game plan where he worked his game plan with his business so he could retire early. And I mean, when I say retire early, I mean, he worked his business to the point where he retired in his late 30s. And, and And he said, He's in his early 40s now. And he said, after that first six to eight months of just being lazy around the house and watching Netflix, he said, everything that was on Netflix, he realized that I got to do something else. 
So he he created a, another business. Now he created a business initially that was so successful, it was able to give him passive income for the rest of his life. That wasn't good enough for him because he realized that he had he was a goal achiever. And because he was a goal achiever, just sitting around the house being lazy uh, didn't work for him. Now, again, I'm not against sitting around the house. I'm not even against being lazy when it's appropriate. What I am saying is we're goal-driven beings. And when your mind isn't focused on the attainment of something, it takes some of your drive out of your soul. You know, one of the things that I believe Jesus did with his followers and disciples was he gave them purpose. So, for instance, uh, you know, look at the area and uh, if you study, you know, the ancient Middle East when Jesus was born, his, his homeland was occupied. Galilee, Jerusalem, Samaria, all of that area was occupied by the Roman Empire. All right. And then so they were, you know, it was almost, you know, I want to say a caste system, but very similar to it where you had different people working at a certain level. Jesus was amongst the peasant class that was very poor. Fishermen, uh, you know, people who worked, at, you know, agriculture, things of that nature, farmers. And he was walking up to people in the midst of all of that and saying, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He gave them a purpose. He helped them have goals. In other words, so I'm just living an existence. I'm here toiling day by day, going out here on this boat, throwing this net, waiting for fish, in survival mode. And then he gave them a higher purpose that helped him transform the world. Whether you believe in as a uh, uh, if you're a Christian or not, or the various denominations is irrelevant. We, you know, the, the, you know, the impact of him giving people purpose, the impact of him giving people goals changed the world. Now, what's your purpose? What's your goals? What's your higher vision for yourself? What gets you fired up? What do you want to attain? I'm going to use a word that spiritual folks normally don't use, but I'm going to use it anyway. What are you hunting? You know, I believe that, that the hunt is a part of the process. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, just, I, I have that, you know, obviously dominant male energy coursing through my being and the hunt matters. What are you seeking to get that puts blinders up to other stuff that would distract you? When people are, had to hunt for a living, to eat, to provide for their families, when they went out, nothing else mattered but the hunt. That was the singular goal. And many times we've lost the, the hunter mentality. To achieve that goal. And sometimes it's because. We don't want to be disappointed. 
We don't want to be let down. Well, what will happen if I go for this and nothing happens? What if I go for this and I don't achieve it? What if um, I go for this and people re- uh, resist me or disappoint me or whatever? Still go for it. Still go for it. I'm not saying uh, don't have a plan. I'm not saying don't have structure. I'm not saying don't be systematic. I'm saying put your plan together, plan your work, and work your plan. But you got to have some goals if you want to maintain that hunter mentality. You know, this is one of the reasons why I love sports so much. I love football. I love basketball in particular. Those are my two favorite sports. Um, Because the mentality of, okay, when we are on the court or when we are on the field, the only thing that matters is whatever my assignment is. So if my assignment is to sack that quarterback when the ball is hiked, the only thing I'm thinking about is getting to the quarterback and getting him on the ground. That's my goal. It's not my job to wonder if the, if the hot dog vendor is putting mustard on the hot dogs. It's not my job to worry about if the safety or the cornerback is guarding the wide receivers. My job is to sack the quarterback. That's my job. That's what I can do. That's my assignment. That's what I'm focused on doing. That's what I've trained for. That's what I've practiced for. That's what I've committed my my mind and body to. Go after that quarterback with everything I have. Go after your goals. Like a Lawrence Taylor went after quarterbacks. For those who are old enough to know what I mean, Lawrence Taylor was the man when it came to sacking quarterbacks. My point is this. Goals will help you get single-minded. Goals will help you control your energy. Goals will help you stay away from distractions and temptations. Goals will help you leave good alone so you can have your great. Goals, goals, goals. Goals, goals, goals. All right. Next paragraph on page 252. Goals are essential to success as air is to life. Mm. No one ever stumbles into success without a goal. You got to have some goals. All right. So he goes on to quote this guy, Dave Mahoney, who wrote, the important thing is not where you were or where you are, but where you want to get. Where are you trying to, to get to? Where do you want to be? Put that together. The progressive corporation plans company goals 10 to 15 years ahead. You'll hear about those type of things. You know, it's just interesting how uh, progressive uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman was when, uh, you know, I was, you know, I I was going through uh, putting her, when when she made her transition, we had to pack up her office and things of that nature and secure all of those type of things. And she had a folder 
of a conference she went to that was called a futurist conference. And these were people who were projecting life decades ahead. She just wanted to know, okay, where is this trend of thought going? Those are conferences that scientists normally go to. As a minister, she was there trying to see where the world is going, where scientists and and professors, are, you know, and people who are looking at the trends of the world and where those trends might end up 25, 30, 40, 50 years down the line. It's thinking. All right. Back to the book. It says, the modern corporation does not leave its future to chance. Should you? Mm. So if companies are planning years ahead, you should. That doesn't mean that the plan is in stone. But it means you have an aim. You can always redirect. But I am saying, if you want your life to be highly successful, you have to have goals. And then you have to put framework around those goals. And then you have to execute those goals with a hunter's mentality. Now, you might not like hunter's mentality, so you can substitute the word hunter for whatever you want to use. I'm fine with it. I'm speaking from my consciousness. You have to speak from yours. But for my, for, for me, that means go get it and bring it home. Go get it and bring it home. All right. So it goes on to say, we can and should plan at least 10 years ahead. You must form an image now of the person you want to be in 10 years from now if you are going to become that image. So where do you want your money to be in 10 years? Where do you want your career to be in 10 years? Just think about it. Just visualize it. Okay. Best case scenario. Where do I want to be in 10 years? What type of, where do I want to live? What type of home do I want to live in? Uh, what type of experiences do I want to have? What type of vacations do I want to go on? What type of work do I want to be doing? Some people say, well, I just want to be retired. Okay, so what are you going to be doing in your retirement? You know, I'm just not a believer that, uh, uh, I think people look, let me put it this way, I think people look towards retirement uh, sometimes because they're so detached from what they do for a living. Whereas other people, when they love what they do, retirement is means downsizing not elimination of a thing. So like, okay, well, I don't want to do this all these hours, but I love to do it. How can I still do it? How can I stay in the game? As long as I'm competent, as long as I'm capable, how can I stay in the game? And I think that those type of things keep people young. Because their head is still in the game. Versus you know, uh, the, the you know, the corporations or the country says, OK, at this age, 65 or whatever, or 62, uh, now you need to just cut it off and do what? 
you know, if your goal is I'm retiring and I'm going to ride my motorcycle all over the country, I'm going to go to a, a four different states a year of or whatever, that's a goal. You're doing something. You're not just sitting around doing anything. I mean, doing nothing. All right. I got an uncle, man. He'll drive a motorcycle anywhere, I swear. Like, uh, like it's too cold for that. Says who? Drive it anyway. All right. He goes on to say on page 253, without goals, we cannot grow. We cannot grow. So he uses a great example on page 254. He wrote, when he was asking somebody about their career and their life and they didn't know what they wanted. He said, um, this I assured him when it said, I don't, you know, he hadn't given him much thought about his life in the future. He says, I went on to explain to him that his approach to selecting a career was like going to an airline ticket counter and saying, give me a ticket. The people selling the tickets just can't help you unless you give them a destination. So can you imagine walking into an airport and saying, give me a, you know, I want to buy a ticket, plane ticket, to where? I don't know. They can't help you. You go to a bus station. I want a ticket for a bus ride. Okay, what's your destination? I don't know. I don't know. You call an Uber or Lyft or a cab. They come, they come pick you up, or you wave, you know, or Uber. They, you have to call them cab. You can wave them down, but just say it's Uber or Lyft. They pick you up. Um, they have to have a destination. They're not coming unless they know where they're going. You can't just go to the Uber app and say, "Okay, pick me up," and not give a destination about where you want to go. But that's how we want to do life. I'll just deal with it when it's there. I'll see, you know, let's be flexible. No, I'm just following spirit. No, that's just saying that the spirit has no order. The spirit doesn't know how to structure. So so a God that could, that creates universes doesn't have uh, order. The Bible, even though it's allegorical, tells us over and over again in the creation story let that be, let that be, let that be, let that be, a structure. All right. So there's two steps to help you um, work with getting your life together with goals. This is page 255. So make sure that you go, and my request is going to be that you take this page and you answer every question. Get a pen and paper or use your computer or phone, type it out or write it out and answer every one of these questions. First of all, let me give the context. He says, first, visualize your future in terms of three departments, work, home, and social. Dividing your life this way keeps you from becoming confused, prevents conflicts, helps you look at the whole picture. Second, demand of yourself clear, precise answers to these questions. What do I want to accomplish with my life? What do I want to be? And what does it take to satisfy me? Okay, let me be clear. Second, demand of yourself clear, precise answers to these questions. What do I want to accomplish with my life? What do I want to be? And what does it take to satisfy me? And then he says, use the planning guide below to help. So he has a series of questions. In the work department, he says, 10 years from now, 
Number one, what income level do I want to attain? Number two, what level of responsibility do I seek? Number three, how much authority do I want to command? Number four, what prestige do I expect to gain from my work? That's real clear, so you know what you are seeking to produce in your work or your career. Next point, B, home department, 10 years from now. Number one, what kind of standard of living do I want to provide for my family and myself? Number two, what kind of house do I want to live in? Number three, what kind of vacations do I want to take? Number four, what financial support do I want to give my children in their early adult years? If that's the situation for you, obviously. So that takes care of the home. These are questions you need to answer for yourself. C, social department, 10 years from now. What kind of friends do I want to have? What social groups do I want to join? What community leadership positions would I like to hold? Number four, what worthwhile causes do I want to champion? That's social. So when you cover those three things, work, home, social, if you cover those things properly, it should cover a lot of the stuff. Now, you can add your own questions. This is a starting point. And you can answer other questions, but these four questions and these three different departments, 12 questions all together, will help you get a handle on what you want to do. So let me, uh, because we have, we're about a minute and a half from our break, so let me give my quick commercial. Uh, right now, Christ Universal Temple is offering classes in the Johnny Coleman Institute, besides being the executive minister and senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple. I'm also the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute. And we offer classes in uh, New Thought, uh, Bible metaphysics, self-help, stuff that helps you live a better life. So if you go to uh, www.cutemple.org and click on classes, you'll be able to see the current roster of classes. Classes begin on Monday. We want you to register by Sunday so we know what we're dealing with as far as classes are concerned. Uh, again, the Johnny Coleman Institute 2021 winter semester begins on uh, next Monday, which is January 25th. I'm teaching a class on Wednesdays. The semester is 12 weeks. Uh, registration is only $20. We take a love offering in every class. The classes will be via Zoom. It's completely online. And I'm teaching Wednesday night, a Wednesday night class at 6.30 p.m. Central Time to 8 p.m. And my class is Open Your Mind to Prosperity. Now, if you want to get a taste of what this class could be like and more, I actually taught Open Your Mind to Prosperity on this podcast years ago. Uh, and this is going to be even better. So go to the website, register for the class, do what you need to be able to do so you can hang out with me. $20 is nothing. Get in the class. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have to finish my quick commercial, and then I have a caller I'm going to bring on really quickly. I uh, also want to remind everyone that the Sunday service live stream for Christ Universal Temple is available on our website, which is www.cutemple.org, our Facebook page, which is Christ Universal Temple, or our YouTube page, which is CU Temple, the word CU and Temple together. So you can watch our Sunday live stream, 1030 a.m. Central Time. You Don't miss it. We have a good time. We have great music, a great lesson from our senior minister, uh, Reverend Wells. Uh, we have prayer. We have meditation. We do the thing. So you definitely want to check us out. Last thing when it comes to these commercials, uh, are, uh, or is rather, uh, we do a Facebook Live lesson at uh, 12 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. So we have a periodical in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, which is called the Daily Inspiration for Better Living. And Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time, either I, the Reverend Marjorie Cook, who's the assistant minister of Christ Universal Temple, or Gavin Jackson, who is the COO, will teach a lesson based upon the daily inspiration or as we're so inspired. Because sometimes we swerve and do other things, which is our prerogative. So make sure you check all those things out. Stay plugged in. Stay plugged in. And if you want to make sure you get information for Christ Universal Temple, like the page. Uh, you can go to our website. You can sign up for our e-blast. Stay tuned in. We're doing a lot of great things to help people transform their lives and live better lives. All right. Um, let's bring the caller on. Uh, Dot, are you there? Yes, I am, Reverend McDowell. Good doing morning, well. hardcore metaphysician. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's yeah. good to hear your voice. What's going on yes, with your question? I no, I don't have a question. I just wanted to make a statement, and I just wanted to say I'm truly enjoying reading and following along with you with this book, The Magic of Thinking Big. I have purchased this book for both of my children and my four grandchildren. Um, you're just amazing. And I just wanted to say it's true. When you love what you do, you'll never stop because my head is still in the game. You know, sometimes I wonder why did I really retire because I'm still in the game. I loved what I was doing. I still love what I did, and that's why I continue to do it. I'm a retired principal, and now I'm a mentor for new principals, and I love sharing my experiences, my knowledge, and pushing people on to a higher level. So that's true. If you love what you do, don't never stop. Keep going, you know, regardless if you're retired or not. That's a great testimony, and I think it's necessary for people to hear it because – um, you know, if you if you don't use it, you lose it. So I don't care what the skill is. You know, if you stop lifting weights, the the muscles don't stay strong. If you don't use your mind and your skills and the talents that God gave you, then it's easy for them to be diminished because they're not sharp. So so I know you're out there doing the work. Stay sharp. I appreciate the support. Uh, give your family uh, my love, and we're gonna keep doing this. That's you know, right. thank That's you as right. always. You're 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 the number one CUT online supporter. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, and I do share this information with my proteges, so I, because it helps push them along as well. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Well, yeah. I'll make sure that um, we have, um, uh, you know, all that we need to do what we need to be able to do. So, yeah, let me know. Give me some feedback on how they actually address or deal with the book, you know, how they use it, what they think. I would love to know. Oh, yes, I will, because they do use it. Like I said, they're in schools now as administrators, and they take this knowledge and help themselves with their staff. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Be the glory. All right. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks for the okay, call. See Take you this care, okay? Okay, at 12. Okay. I see you at 12, yeah. All right. I'll do the noonday okay, lesson at 12. You. Okay. Take yeah. care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Page 256. We're going to go to page 256. He wrote, and please, as you visualize your future, don't be afraid to be blue sky, meaning think big. Look at the, you know, look at the expanse. Think big. People these days are measured by the size of their dreams. No one accomplishes more than he sets out to accomplish. So visualize a big future. Visualize a big future. And he talks, and then he shows a word for word, which I'm not going to read, of a person who literally wrote his life out how he wanted it to look in the future, his future home, uh, like in great detail. And how he wanted it in like 10 years or whatever, and five years in, this is where he is toward the, excuse me, the attainment of that goal. It was, it, it's absolutely beautiful. All right. So he, then he wrote, the three departments of your life are closely interrelated. Each depends on the other to some extent. In other words, the work, the family, and the social. All of it works together. All right. So let me just jump ahead. Uh, bottom of page 257, he wrote, the most important qualification for an executive is the sheer desire to get ahead, to get ahead, to get ahead. Remember this advice of John Wanamaker. A man is not doing much until the cause he works for possesses all there is of him. So he goes on to write, and I love this, Desire, when harnessed, is power. Desire, when harnessed, is power. Failure to follow desire, to do what you want to do most, paves the way to mediocrity. Failure to follow desire, to do what you want to do most, paves the way to mediocrity. Just allow that to land. We teach in New Thought that desire is the divine impulse of God tapping at the door of your soul, letting you know what's possible, what's seeking expression through you. So from from our standpoint, a desire is not a simple uh, uh, want, surface want. A desire is a deep yearning to express and be something. What is God seeking to express in you, through you, as you? That's the desire. That's why we say it's God tapping at the door of your soul. So when you are in tune with true desire, it's a motivating factor. It's a motivating factor. Because when you follow that desire, it uh, it, it pushes you to want to be excellent. 
See, I love teaching people how to transform their lives, how to live a better life. I love teaching these spiritual principles. I learned a new thought. I love to teach these success principles I've learned through years of ministry and training and experience. I love to teach it. And my desire is to always be excellent because you have given me the honor of allowing me to teach you. So I'm not going to be average. And Lord knows I'm not going to be mediocre. Because, because, because it is necessary to be as good as you possibly can in what you do. I'm of the opinion that if you're going to do something, let your reputation be so good that when people talk about the thing you do, your name comes up. Period. So when people talk about basketball, they can't help but talk about a Michael Jordan. He was that excellent. They have to talk about the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's. They have to talk about the Magic Johnsons. They have to talk about the Larry Burrs. They have to talk about the Kobe Bryant's or the or the LeBron James of the world. They have to. They're too good. You can't have the conversation of basketball without bringing up a Will Chamberlain and a Bill Russell. They're too good. They're too good. If you're going to do something, be excellent. Be excellent. Let your work and your disposition, because I think that matters too, speak for itself. To the point to where when somebody talks about what you do, your name comes up. See, that's my goal. When it comes to this new thought, when it comes to this Christian metaphysics, my intention is to be a go-to guy. So when people have questions about, hey, what should I be reading? What should I be studying? What do you think about this? What about this? What about that? They're coming to me because, they, you know, people say, well, I don't know about that information. Let me check with Reverend McDowell. Why? Because they know I know my stuff. It's not bragging. It's not bragging. I want to make sure. See, but sometimes we like to walk around with false humility when it comes to understanding that we have the intention of having a level of significance in our lives that gives us a sense of pride. Pride is not a bad thing unless it gets out of control. It's okay to have some pride in your work. It's okay to have pride in doing a good job with raising your children. It's okay to have pride in, 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 in knowing that you help build something that helps other people live a better life. i never forget, talking about goals uh, and pride and vision. Uh, years ago, I'm not going to say her name, uh, we have a, one of our oldest members. She was with Reverend Coleman in the in the early days, late fifties, early sixties. And one day we were in the foyer, but in the administrative area by the receptionist desk, and she was sitting there. She was talking and telling me 
about how Reverend Coleman built the original church on 86th and State Street. It was expanded later, but the original building and how they basically took, you know, second mortgages and other things invested in their own property to uh, to not gave property, but took loans out on them so they could get, buy this building that they really wanted. It was a goal. They were the original uh, Christ Universal Temple, then Christ Unity Temple, was originally in, on the third floor of an office building on 61st and Cottage Grove in Chicago. And she said to me, and this let me know about vision. This is why I'm sharing this in purpose and desire. She said, um, all, you know, she's like, I, you know, she's like, I took a second mortgage out on my home. I had to convince my husband to do this. And Johnny Coleman paid everybody who did that back early. She's like, but she then starts to explain to me how much pride that early group of members, you know, black people living in Jim Crow America. For those outside of the uh, United States, look up Jim Crow. You'll understand what I mean when I say this. In Jim Crow America, late 50s, early 60s, saving up money to be able to create uh, or build a building, a church building, to teach new thought. And she said to me with strong conviction, because Johnny was still the the minister at that point, uh, just like her last two within her last two years. She said to me, "If Johnny asked me to do it right now, I'd do it again. I'd do it again." And that woman had to be late seventies or early eighties at that point. She said, "If yeah, late seventies because she's in her nineties now." Late, like literally, if she asked me to do it again right now, I put it all on the line because I believe so strongly in her vision. That's that desire. That's the power of vision. That's the power of purpose, but it's also the power of integrity. They knew the integrity of the woman who they were following. It matters. It matters. They wanted to build what they built. So they built it and they they put their best minds together. They sacrificed. They set goals and they achieved it. In circumstances that were in a world that did not support them just because of the color of their skin, they still pushed through, had to have their own lives work and help her build eventually a mega church. Amazing to me. It's amazing to me. I could still see her face right now in my head saying, if she asked me to do it again right now, I would do it. She would put it all on the line. Sometimes we're just not invested enough in what we say we really want. Why? He gives some examples on page 259. He calls them the uh, five weapons are used to commit success suicide. Number one, self-depreciation. We, you know, we, we, we down ourselves. We talk about what we don't have. 
and what we can't do. We get caught up in the negative self-talk. Number two, security-itis. People who want security over their dreams. You just got to be honest about it. Some people say they want to live the dream, but the dream is out on the on the 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 just like the fruit is on the branch at the end of the branch. You got to climb the tree, climb out to the thin part of the branch to get the fruit. Sometimes that's where the dream is, and it's okay to say, I don't know if I really want to climb the tree and 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 risk climbing out to the end of the branch to get that fruit. Number three, competition. We see what everybody else is doing, and we're like, well, that field is crowded, or, you know, I can't compete with those people, so we stop. Number four, parental dictation. We allow sometimes our parents to dictate what we should be doing, and we don't follow our passion. We don't follow our desire. We don't follow our own vision. We don't follow our own inspiration. We have to be careful. And as parents, we have to be careful not to throw water on the on the barely lit flame sometimes of our children's dreams. Now, I'm not saying you don't need to be, you know, I'm not saying don't be honest with your children. I'm saying at times, you're not going to see what they see. And more importantly, it's not your life to live. You can set them up to win, but they have to live their own lives. You couldn't learn to walk for them. You couldn't learn to chew food for them. Those are all things they had to learn on their own. They had to learn that, you know, you can teach them, but they got to do it. Number five, family responsibility. You start thinking about everything we got to do to take care of our own stuff, and then we stop. All right. Now, page 260. He goes on to say, remember the only way to get full power to develop full goal force is to do what you want to do. Surrender to desire and gain energy, enthusiasm, mental zip, and even better health. Health, rather, It's never too late to let the desire take over. Now, he says something that a lot of people sometimes don't want to, to see, but it's factual. The overwhelming majority of really successful people work much longer than 40 hours a week. And you don't hear them complain of overwork. Successful people have their eyes focused on a goal. And this provides energy. You know, sometimes I have people say to me, you know, how do you, you know, how do you turn it off? You know, as a minister, you're, you're always on. People are always reaching out. Any situation can happen. You know, I get that. You got to learn how you got to learn some balance of when to check in and when you got to check out. But if you want to be excellent, you can't do what everybody else is doing. If you're doing what everybody else is doing, that just gets you to average. If you're not doing what everybody else is doing, that's mediocre. If you want to be excellent, you got to do what beyond what everybody else is doing. Again, I remember telling Reverend Coleman years ago, you might you can have people who might be better than me and more talented than me, but they won't they won't outwork me. They won't outstudy me. I used to tell her that you just look at me. I was like, nobody's out studying. I was like, I would be the most prepared person on your team. Now, I don't know if that's literally true because I'm not at home preparing with people. I have no idea. Here's what I do know. When I open my mouth, I know what I'm talking about because I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. And my intention was to pave a way, especially back then, 20 
25 years ago when I was, you know, a young pup in my 20s trying to pave a way, walking into a church with all of these magnificent preachers and teachers. And I'm trying to teach people that are old enough to be my grandparents at times. I had to make sure that I was beyond the average teacher. I had to study more than the average teacher. I had to study more than the average minister. I had to study more than the average presenter. Why? Just to get a a chance of an opportunity. So what are you willing to do? Are you you know are you willing to read read and study? And I call it stealing time. So say for instance you want to learn a subject. You know, I know they don't have, you know, most cars don't have CD players now. If you have a new one, if you have an old one, get, get CDs on the subject. If not, download it to your phone or or pad or tablet. Plug it into your car. And while you're driving, instead of being on the phone or listening to the radio, get that information in your head. Sometimes you got to listen to it over and over again. Watch the webinars. Read the books. Take the classes. Do what you need to do to get where you need to be. You got to put the time in. You got to put the time in. There's no other way to say it. And if all your time is work and no development, then the only thing you'll do is stay where you are. As that old statement, sometimes they say Abraham Lincoln said it. I don't know if it's true or not, but the statement is still true. If I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend seven hours sharpening my axe. You can beat a tree to death with a dull axe and it will barely do anything. You'll exert a lot of effort. Some people are all work and no planning. Planning is a part of the work. Development and learning are parts of your work to make you more efficient in what you do. All right. Page 263. Jump in a little bit. He says, now as you press forward to success, set goals, deadlines, target dates, self-imposed quotas. You will only accomplish, you will accomplish only what you plan to accomplish. So you got to set deadlines, target dates, and quotas for what you say you desire. Period. Uh I love this. He says goals, intense goals can keep a person alive when nothing else will. And he tells a story about uh, a woman named Mrs. D who was diagnosed with cancer and her child was two years old. And her goal was to see her son uh, graduate from college. She died six weeks after. Now, I know this is true because this actually happened in my family. Well, my grandmother had a niece who had young children and uh she 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 said I can't die until I raise my kids I, I I'm not leaving my kids she had terminal cancer my grandmother and the elders of my family got together and they prayed my grandmother was a serious old school sanctified praying woman they prayed 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 that woman lived to see all of her children become adults and then she checked out And it's absolutely true, absolutely factual. It was my own family. So her goal was, I don't care how sick I am in this body, I have to raise my kids. 
And yes, it didn't mean it was easy. I'm not saying she ever got cured. But her persistence, her goal, kept her in the body long enough to see her children all become adults. Last thing, page 267, a question you want to ask yourself. When you're working towards a goal, ask yourself this basic question. Will this help take me where I want to go? Will this help take me where I want to go? If the answer is no, back off. If yes, press ahead. Real clear. Will this help take me where I want to go? That's a great question. You're working with stuff, your ideas popping up. People are saying, oh, this is a great opportunity. You should do this with me. You should do that. You should be a part of this. Will this help me where I want to go with my issue, things I want to deal with and accomplish in my life? It don't make a difference where they are. Will this help me where I want to go? Be clear. Be clear. Think about the things you do. So so when when you want to lose 20 pounds and those Twinkies are staring you in the face or those chocolate chip cookies, ask yourself the question, will this help me where I want to go? When you are seeking to save up money in, for an emergency fund or invest a certain amount of money for your future and then, then frivolous spending on Amazon or other places show up, ask yourself, will this help me take me where I want to go? When, when you're at work and you're mad at your spouse and that somebody is giving you some attention at work and your mind starts to wander about what that could be, ask yourself, will this take me where I want to go? You got to be clear. So it's time to wrap it up. Next week, the uh, only thing I will say is this. Take a look at page 268. It's called the 30-Day Improvement Guide. Do the exercises in this and get the breakthrough. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.